Welcome to Off Trail with Erie Metro Parks. My name is Mike Hensley, and I'm a naturalist at the Park District. And on the podcast, we're going to be talking about a variety of different topics and cool things that we hope that are informative to you, and hopefully you guys enjoy. What are we talking about today? Today we are talking about phobias after we introduce ourselves and kind of talk about our goals and missions for the podcast. I'm scared. <laughs> Get it? Phobias? Yeah. <laughs> Phobia of talking into microphones. The, <laughs> there's microphobia. <laughs> <laughs> there's a phobia for everything I've discovered. Uh, there's a fear of phobias. Yeah. It's called. I have it. I have it oh, you down. have it written down? Oh, yeah, I have it written down. Whoa. Yeah. Is it phobophobia? It is phobophobia. Oh, That's right. exactly what it is. <laughs> phobophobia. Fear of having a phobia. That was one of my top Isn't five Isn't that funniest. just anxiety? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, right. that's just another way to say anxiety <laughs> talk to your doctor about that one <laughs> uh so as i had mentioned my name is mike hensley i'm a naturalist with the park district um we wanted to kind of introduce ourselves and explain some of our favorite parts of our jobs before and after covid um so my yeah, favorite they're very different oh completely different after. worlds you might be the closest person yeah. to similar but nothing has changed for me <laughs> <laughs> except for the volume yeah, of yeah, things that come through. Uh, so before COVID, my favorite part of my job uh, was probably educating people in the community, uh, like teaching them new things or things they didn't know. I love doing that. And that's I, kind of the main goal of a naturalist, right? Yes. I mean, like that's essentially yeah. what a naturalist mm-hmm. does. Yes. Yeah. Okay. I'm just making sure. <laughs> um, and then now my new favorite thing, it really has become this podcast. I Like the whole Two days before me prepping for this is great. I get, like if you guys hear me, get, did I we, just curse? We do often. I don't think, I don't think so. you did. So if if I it's if I start giggling over at my computer, you guys know why because it's directly related to this. <laughs> so it's usually true because I don't. I my the last thing I want to do is boring topics. Sit here and be like, not that microbiology can't be fun. I had a great microbiology professor I was in college. Say, microbiology yeah. is okay. fantastic. Okay, but to the lame man. Or everyone else who's Did not you just Melissa. Say lame man. <laughs> it's not lame. It's... Are you saying is everyone really... who doesn't have a formal education is no! lame? It's it's lay lay man. man. Whatever or layman layman. I think that's where I mix them up. Okay, I've gotten her twice now. Giggling, <laughs> we've lost Melissa. So, She's gone. So anyway, she'll be back next week. <laughs> All right, we are talking about microbiology. <laughs> Don't forget you guys. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I've only seen her laugh like that like three times. So I did a good job. You guys, it's only like five minutes and I'm already cry laughing. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, but it's true. Like, I, not, I don't want to take away from anybody else is what they're going to say. But like this podcast may not have happened in a non-COVID it would world. not have, like right. had, had we not gone through the transitions that we've gone through with uh coronavirus precautions and stuff like something like this might not have happened because you guys especially as naturalists have had to change the way that you're communicating with the public yeah. because we can't do close quarters in person programming anymore yeah correct yeah yeah but and we have talked about this for a couple of years we just yeah, haven't yeah, done it. So yeah. Have time haven't had the it. opportunity. Well, yeah. And we also think that we're funny, so now you guys get to be the true judges of whether we're funny yeah. or not. So <laughs> hopefully my, my first little When our listenership goes to down to zero, we know we it's will usually know. my fault. <laughs> so 
you want to talk about like where you went to school or studies or I anything can. like that? I um, don't. I don't. I don't have the list in front of me, so I don't know what I can. What you um, so I studied uh, outdoor education at West Liberty University in Wheeling, West Virginia. Um, I spent a few years as a naturalist uh, in West Virginia, and then my wife found this job, and I applied for it, and I got it, and I love it here. Yay! Nice. We love having you here. Do you though? On the record, <laughs> <laughs> that's another conversation. <laughs> That that button did nothing, and I'm very <laughs> very upset. I have the sound effects turned off, so it didn't work. Oh, sorry. Was that the? Whang? And I had to reach really. Yeah, it was. I know that's that's the only one I remembered. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> Keep them up, just in case I need to reach back across okay. there. <laughs> All right. So, go ahead. My name is Melissa Bauman. I am the program manager here at Erie Metro Parks. Um, my job is. Basically the same as Mike's, just to... <laughs> no. <laughs> no. <laughs> Back up. <laughs> We're going to rewind there. Absolutely not. She has to deal with all the other things that okay, I don't have but to I still, deal with. This is still the main portion well, the of my job. The foundation, is yes. To absolutely. educate, educate the public, the public about nature and to play outside and to have fun. And yes, I have to do more spreadsheets and budget things and... I don't stuff that I'm not good managing. at managing <laughs> where you people are all the time. <laughs> if if you can't find me, I'm probably outside. One hundred percent. Yeah. Which Where's is Mike? where is we Mike should working be? today? Yeah, he's out looking for birds or he's <laughs> out looking for mushrooms or he's trying to find a snake or Or he's working tonight, he's gonna moth. Yeah, he's gonna he's be mothing, mothing. mothing all night. Like he tried to get us to go out from like Midnight to 3 a.m. during the summer to go mothing. And I'm like, yeah, no, 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 no. That I do Im- like 10 p.m. That is imperative right. research, though. Like, all of those moths tell us a variety of things about bird species. Like, because if we have a large variety of moth species, we have uh, ample food for birds and things like that. So it's very important. That mm-hmm. data is I'm glad there's important. people like you in the world. If there yes. weren't, so true. we would all be in big trouble. Way more trouble than we already are. <laughs> <laughs> but Melissa, at heart, you, I mean, at the core of everything of your job, you are a naturalist yeah. still. Yeah. She, she will not give up certain things. No, there's Jeez. no way. Yeah. I like to, I have a program called Park Pals, which is preschoolers actively learning science. And so I like to work with the littles. They're so much fun because my favorite part prior to COVID was seeing the kids light up. It makes you remember why you like to be outside. Because when you've done or work out in nature, you kind of have lose that sense of awe sometimes because you've seen a lot of this before. So it's harder to find that new thing that kind of sets your heart on fire. So when you see the kids get it, you start to get it too. Even if it's just a blue jay, they're ecstatic about it. So that definitely helps. Blue jays are one of my son's favorite birds. Actually, Aww. I'm pretty sure it's his favorite animal. That's he has awesome. like a, a beanie baby blue jay that he sleeps with every night. <laughs> COVID's. Are the best, not COVID nineteen. Corvids. Oh. I did it again. I was going to say in my mind, COVID? I said COVID, <laughs> but it's Corvid, which is the family of birds. Are super smart birds. Oh, he picked a great family of birds. I said COVID. That fact, like most birds, went over my head because <laughs> I did. I don't know what a Corvid is. Which, uh, which, that's too late. Though. Uh, <laughs> We all need our own pad. <laughs> Does that mean I should transition to me at this point because I don't know what a, a Corvid is? 
Or oh, it's is Melissa Blue still Jays, going? Crows, Ravens. But that could be a good segue into me saying that I'm not a naturalist. Yes, sure. <laughs> absolutely. I am, Take the segue. I am the, I'm the one person on this podcast not a naturalist. Uh, my name is Ethan. I am the IT and marketing specialist for Erie Metro Parks. So I essentially, my job is to understand technology and apply it to our mission at the parks, which is to conserve and protect and educate and get people engaged with nature so, for example, this podcast, all of the equipment running behind the scenes falls under my purview to figure out how it all works and get it all set up and keep it running. Thank um, goodness. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah, I mean, because it really, it enables uh, you guys who that are educated in natural sciences to then be able to communicate effectively to the public. Um, so when it comes to like video production and stuff behind the scenes as well, I oversee sort of that technology side of things. Um social media accounts, um, marketing in general, website, all that kind of stuff. So, um, but being in the marketing side of things, uh, and my job being essentially to tell stories, I really have my hand in every single department in the parks, uh, from operations to accounting to, uh, programming. So I get to learn a lot from so many people. So I do learn so much from you guys, especially working in the same uh, common office space as you guys. I pick up so much information from you guys. I'm like following you around, taking pictures, videos, whatever, editing stuff. Uh, I learn so much, but there is still so much I don't know. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, I don't know what the heck a Corvid is. So when you say that, I was like, oh, yeah, that phrase makes sense but to me <laughs> to but me. now i know it's it's the it's 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 a group of birds that are similar to like jays and you said like ravens and crows and yep. stuff see so in my mind then i put together the lines i draw is like oh well their beaks are very similar so i can see how they could be yeah. related yeah they have a yeah. biggest brain to body ratio in the birds oh so. They can facial recognition. They're really good at that. That's crazy. Oh. Yes, I have heard. So, the, is it? I don't know if it's crows or ravens. I don't know. One New of Caledonia them. crows probably one of the smartest. I'm sorry. Side side note. There. See, that's awesome because <laughs> I have no idea what that means, but it's still fascinating to me. But I saw. So I watch a lot of YouTube um, for fun and for profession. Uh, there's this one crow, raven. I don't know some corvid uh, that has like a favorite rock. It's like. It's its pet rock. Oh, my god! And its owners <clears throat> can, like, literally hide the rock in a pile of other rocks that look almost identical. Like, a human could not distinct between these two or between the many. And this crow or whatever will, like, rummage around through the rock pile until it finds <laughs> the one rock that's like, this is my rock. This is my buddy. <laughs> it's, it's incredible. That's how I feel about my binoculars. Like you could put your binoculars in a pile of other binoculars and Ab- find yours. Absolutely. <laughs> of the same kind. Of the same, of the same, same kind, same brand. Yes. Without your special strap. Without my special strap. We're going to put this to the test. Now, <laughs> it's just a harness to hold my binoculars. It's, there's no other purpose for that strap. Like right. it keeps it on my body so it's not around my neck. So oh, I look, so oh, I look gotcha. like I'm toting. Gotcha. Nice. A nine or something. <laughs> I have one of those, too. They're pretty awesome. Yeah, I love them. <laughs> it takes the weight off your neck. It's so much nicer. Yeah. That's pretty cool. You're up. 
You're up, Cheryl. Me. I am Cheryl Kilmer. I'm a naturalist. And let's see. Pre-COVID, we were in schools a lot. I miss that. I miss teaching kids in person. Mm -hmm. Um, It's funny because not, well, in general, when we say naturalist, like, we kind of get like a blank stare. (laughs) Yeah, we get a blank stare a lot. So when I go into classrooms, I always ask the kids, have they ever heard of a naturalist? And almost no kids raise their hands, which (laughs) totally fine. Um, So I always explain to them that, you know, a naturalist goes outside and studies plants and animals, and then we teach about it. And they're like, oh, my gosh, so I do whatever program I'm doing. And then a lot of the times they write thank you cards. And that's one of my They're favorite. They're so freaking cute. We yes. haven't gotten one in like a long time now. Yes. Well, yeah. Because yeah. when we all do a program, they send like a blank one and Melissa like posts it up on the board. Now yes. now I miss that because yeah. I've forgotten about that. I, Thanks, I miss, you. I miss the thank you cards. <laughs> he likes crying now. And a lot of them will um, say that they want to be a naturalist. Mm-hmm. You know, so we, we do have that impact. But post-COVID, I think we're still making that impact just in totally different way you know mm-hmm. just virtual yeah i've and transitioned from a lot of in-person stuff to video-based learning which i mean it pretty much everyone has um mm-hmm. but yeah and even things like this podcast like just trying to fill any any media that we can with an opportunity for people to learn and engage um so far it's gone really well like the campaigns and stuff that we've done through our website through social media they've been really well received and you know if that can fill a gap in the meantime until uh things can get under control and we can safely get together again in person then awesome right one of the big things that we have noticed is that we're actually reaching more people by doing this virtually Mm -hmm. rather than having programs which we would much rather see people in person and be able to go outside and play and get you hands-on and teach you these things. But what we're really trying to do is teach you how to do it on your own. Like, you don't have to come to one of our programs. You can just learn from us and then go out into the woods and do it yourself, which is how you should enjoy nature. It's like that, uh, you know, that phrase, like, give a man a fish, feed him for a day, teach a man a fish, feed him for a lifetime. Like, yes. our goal at Erie Metro Parks is to, like, teach you how to learn essentially, so that you can go out and observe things and gather information and then find the answers uh, to the questions that you have once you're outside. And hopefully we can provide some of those answers. I not think, me, because I'm not a naturalist. <laughs> I think the other thing, too, is a lot of people don't know that they don't have to go far. You don't even... We want you, you in the parks. We want you in the parks. Trust me, we do. Yeah. But your backyard is full. Like, yeah. mm-hmm. I promise, even if you have a very small patch of grass in the in the middle of Sandusky, there is so much life that happens in there and that you can learn from. So, so true. That's us. That's that is who us. we is. I also do outdoor rec, but I haven't been doing much of that because of yeah. COVID. So I left that part out. <laughs> I miss outdoor rec. We want this podcast overall to be fun and informative and, uh, not boring, so we don't want to hopefully not pound boring. facts at you all day and be like quiz COVID <laughs> or Corvids. I, I mix it up again. Man. Corvids are 
There you go. Okay. There's your sound. Effect. We just don't want it to be boring. So right. But this the podcast really is just like a conversation between the four of us. So at least Basically. at least once a day, if not multiple times a day, somebody turns around from their chair and says, "Did you guys know?" And then it starts a long conversation of learning and insight and, and rabbit holes. Rabbit, uh, rabbit holes. Yes. yes. And uh, is it rabbit hole or rabbit trail? It would know. be. We always call them rabbit holes. Mm-hmm. To me, they trail sound makes like, sense better because, like, the hole ends. The trail usually doesn't. Right. Where does the term rabbit hole come from? Because in my brain, it comes from Alice, <laughs> Alice in Wonderland. In Wonderland. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. But I've heard like <laughs> like bunny trail. You know, how like they kind of like zigzag throughout the forest or meadows or whatever, <laughs> or do they? I don't know. I could be completely <laughs> wrong. <laughs> Pretty much, they just run whichever direction that's. Something's not going to. If they're them. being right. chased, they do change direction quickly because they're right. able to change direction faster than a predator. So yeah, <laughs> and this is and normal. here <laughs> is a case in point. Here is a rabbit hole slash bunny trail. Right, okay. but yeah, this is just what we do. So we just figured we'd give everybody who you wants to a, a small glimpse into yeah. what it's like working with us <laughs> behind the scenes. Welcome to our life. Uh, so today we are going to be talking about phobias, and I I like phobias just to learn about them. Why? Because I think they're great, and there are so many you don't know about. I'm going to blow your mind here in a minute, <laughs> um, and we're all going to expose ourselves a little bit here to get a little connection with the, the listeners here, and expose just one. If you have like 10, which Ethan, you probably do, just yeah, give me one. I have to pay a premium to talk about my phobias. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah, so we're going to talk about animal phobias mostly, and then we'll talk about some of these other ones that just give me the giggles. <laughs> <laughs> Not that uh, people's phobias aren't real. I don't want to, you know, push anyone's phobia down that they might have, but some of these, man, just completely caught me off guard. And I have one that is uh, is, a, is a top five weird one. That um, you consider weird? No, that... The internet considers <laughs> it weird. Well, the internet considers yeah. it weird. Uh, so, so it's 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 pretty good. So I was I was, I was wildly impressed at some of the ones that came over. Uh, zoophobia overall is the fear of animals. So I wanted to start there. I wanted to start off with that concept of fear. Fear is essential for our survival, right? Like mm-hmm. when you think about it. It, we'll go back to a rabbit. If you're a rabbit, there's some sense of fear there. That's constant fear. That's, for that's constant yeah. fear. Uh, and then for us, there's fear, even as you know, civilized human beings. Whether it's whatever's going on in the world, or letting your kids go outside and play in the yard by themselves, etc. Uh, fear got you. Got to have it. Everybody has it. It's inevitable. Uh, but this first one, uh, and if I butcher some of these, I I really practiced and tried to say them. The best that I could, but most of them usually attach back to the Latin name. So right. if it's all species of animals or whatever, uh, lepidopterophobia. Wait, okay, so not a naturalist, but I have. That's, that's going to be it's like, very common. That, that's going to be my uh, my preface to everything. Not a naturalist. Um, <laughs> I've heard lepidoptera before, and I'm trying to remember what it is. Okay, so here's what it I'll do: bugs. No, Dang it. but we'll get there. So I'm going to say them, and you guys tell me what you think they are. Oh, okay. So okay. These two know this one. Okay, so this one just falls on me. I've heard Lepidopter before. You have? Yep. It's we one of my favorite like things. Oh, so it's like, is conference. it conference? Is it, is it moths? 
And? And butterflies? Yes, moths okay. and butterflies. Yay! I have Or just... Correct. Yeah. That'll work. So the fear of butterflies in here too, but I can't remember which. Butterfly. So I had never heard of this before. Why would uh, you be scared of a butterfly? It's tough. It's a tough one. But then I thought, like before, I read the small clip of article. I couldn't understand. I was like, "Why? What? What is it?" But then I thought about the Bushfoot family and the the feeling of their feet on you, the way they mm. grab. Mm-hmm. Like okay, kind of like it's that. Like, yeah, like, but that might be creepy to someone. Yeah. True. Like, or if like, well, a, and they're. Flying and like they can be big. I yeah. mean, I mean, the, I mean, butterflies. The giant seem, swallowtail is pretty big butterfly. Yeah, I mean, butterflies always seem delicate to me. At least what I think of as a butterfly. But like, I've seen some moths, and like they can be like chunky. Like, oh mm-hmm. yeah, uh, like that carpenter moth. Yeah, he was cool. He was cool. Don't you? I'm I'm not gonna out anyone, but don't you have a relative that? Eats moths. My sister. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm not going to out your sister, but you just did. <laughs> so I hope she's not listening. I'm okay with it, and she'll be okay with it. Yeah. So, she, uh, for our virtual nature camps, mm-hmm. she signed up her kids, and Mike did a segment on moths, and she texted me. She's like, you're going to kill me. <laughs> she's like, ew. So I can get moths a little bit better because they fly at night. It's like the f- the thought of an unknown an thing unknown, flying yeah. into your face or mouth. Like, yeah. I get that. But I also am one that stands out in the middle of the woods <laughs> at night with black lights on and gets, like, constantly hit in the face with moths all day, all, all night. So for me, it wasn't weird. Uh, so somebody who has a extreme fear of a famous person that has an extreme fear of butterflies is Nicole Kidman. Really? Yeah. Interesting. Isn't she she in a movie? No. She she doesn't like She's been in many movies. (laughs) Which, you know, a movie with butterflies. (laughs) 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 Uh, She doesn't like the feel of them. Like, I can understand being afraid that that. you're going to, uh, like, hurt them. Mm -hmm. Because when I first started I got these big meaty claws here. <laughs> and when I say claw, I mean my hams. Uh, <laughs> and by uh, hams, he means hands. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was afraid for a long time to like, I was really going to rough these things up. And then, you know, those scales come off so easily and they happen pr- pretty much the whole time they're flapping. So you, you can't really hurt them that bad unless you're like squishing them or whatever. So, so fear of butterflies. That was one that was interesting to me. You ready for this one? Ready. Batrachophobia. Batrachophobia? Track. Can you spell it? B-A-T-R-A-C-H-O-P-H-O-B-I-A. I got nothing. I'm lost. Batrachophobia. The first thing that comes to my head is like Beatrice Potter and that's <laughs> not right. <laughs> Oh, I got him. Oh, man. <laughs> we have lost I'm just Mike. so terrified of old-timey children's Ooh. storytellers. <laughs> <laughs> okay, sorry, guys. I, I, have, I have no this idea. This one, I don't... I wasn't sure why they chose this term, but it's fear of amphibians. Hmm. So, Interesting. So that one was mm-hmm. weird for me, but I get that. They're... Slimy, slimy and, and they jump unpredictable they jump. Yeah. and they live usually, in the water and the land. Well, a lot of people usually encounter them in their basements or when they flip a log or something like that. So it's like, oh, oh yeah. Like in your when first they, thought is like, oh, snake. 
That's their first thought. Yeah. That's the first one. When it shoots out of their hose yeah. after the winter and mm-hmm. there's a salamander. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I've never seen that. So, and then there's a more specific one, which I have two little side notes on this one. Bufonophobia. Do you guys know this one? Frogs? No. No Close. idea. Bull frogs? Closer. Not, no, big, not closer. Big frogs? <laughs> It's toads specifically, which I oh, get. Oh, okay. That warty skin can wig people out. It gets kids. Yeah. Every time. Oh. Yeah, yeah, Because there's like that phobia, I can never remember the name of it, of like, you know, like the like bubbles and oh, like, I don't know. Like, what are, that like weird, like repeating texture. I don't know. There's a fear for that. I can't remember what it is, mm. but it creeps me out. So with that one, I have a little side note here. In science, we go off of family, Latin names, etc. This needs to be changed. Bufonophobia needs to be changed for toads because it's... Is this a well-actually moment? Yes, this is a well-actually moment. We are a group of (laughs) well-actuallyers. The only problem is that Cheryl's the nicest one about it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, (laughs) So what what the problem is here is it's no longer bufo. So bufo americana is uh, um, an American American toad. toad. Thank you. (laughs) But now it has been changed over the last... 10 years to Anaxorus Americana, so this needs to be changed. I'm going to oh. put it in my... Really? Yep. I didn't know that. It's been oh, changed. But some uh, herpetologists and things like that, uh, especially the old school ones, they, they still say bufo, uh, just because that's what they're used to. So, but so it's just like a I, tradition learned, thing I learned Anaxorus Americana, so that's what I stuck with. So Change it. So what would you... An- anaxophobia? Anaxophobia, but there's that's probably something else for that. Interesting. There's literally... Like, Phobia for everything. There's just not enough oh, for podcast sure. time for phobia. <laughs> There's really not. What else you got? Um, this one. This this is a great one. Electro electrophobia. Oh, I know. Okay, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, not electro, really? not like electricity. Electra, like A L E K T R O P H. Yeah, I, don't, I was O-B-I-A. I was going to say fear of like electric eels or something. No, nothing? Yeah, Give me a nothing. guess. No, I seriously uh, have. Electric. When you said it, I was thinking like electricity. Yeah. yeah. It's yeah. fear of chickens. <laughs> 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 I mean, they are kind of like mini dinosaurs. They, yeah. they totally are. Well, yeah. like, and you've ever seen like those videos of little kids getting chased by chickens? Yeah, it's so uh, funny. Dude, those make me giggle. I get this so funny. The They're just like screaming and running. Great. I mean, I don't, I don't. I guess I can understand, yes, like a like an actual developed phobia of chickens. But I mean, anything that has talons and a sharp beak, like running after you unexpectedly, could be frightening. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, like an actual like fear of chickens. Like you're driving by and you see a chicken coop and you just uh, get the shutters. Like, <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm Melissa sure owning, come to owning sure chickens. Exists, yeah. but owning chickens. Do you think it's a you know? There's a reason to be afraid of chickens. I mean, I could see it. Like I said, they're mini dinosaurs. They're they're just weird looking. <laughs> <laughs> and when they run, you're like, "What are you doing?" <laughs> Will you please put a pair of jeans on one of your chickens? I love videos of chickens in pants. Or like, have <laughs> Will you, you seen please? those little arms? No. Oh my gosh! <laughs> my yeah. chickies are not nice. Like we didn't like play with them enough, which I'm fine <laughs> with because I just want eggs from you. <laughs> <laughs> Their eyes always look angry too. Yeah. Like they always, they like, it looks like they have like a furrowed brow yeah. over their eyes. So they just look. Well, they're just stalking mm. you trying to find insects. Right. <laughs> I think they're cute. 
personally. They're really Look cute at as all babies. those chickens. Look at all those chickens. <laughs> yeah. yeah. All right. You ready for the next one? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Musophobia. Mooses. If this one's a fear of moose, then throw it out. I was going to say, oh. it is not. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Musophobia. <laughs> no, but that was a great guess, Cheryl. That's a win. Give her a, give her a ding. <laughs> it's not really it, Cheryl, though. It's a point. <laughs> okay. But I love it. Uh, no, it is a fear of mice. Oh. So, oh. I mean, you're, you're not surprised, but I get this one 100%. Oh, yeah. They spread bacteria, man. Yep. Like, they spread yeah. illness, all the terrible things. That one is probably on this list so far the most understandable. Yeah. Yeah. Makes sense. Yep. That was yeah. a pretty. Now, here, here's where it gets tough for me. This is my true, this is my only phobia. Like, you're only scared of one thing? Only, like, not, I'm not, I mean, you're scared of other things like in passing, but like a true deep-seated fear of something. This is mine. Failure. Equinophobia. Rejection. 100%. <laughs> well, if you're not failing, there's no chance for success. You gotta fail at some point. That's not how I feel. But <laughs> uh, equinophobia. I, with a passion, hate horse. Like, I, I lose all motor function. Like, and... Pretty much, like, give myself up to the horse. <laughs> so, equinophobia is fear of horses? Yes. I, I like, me talking about it is, is giving me, like... I can tell you're tensing up. Yeah, like, I can feel yeah. the muscles in my back and everything. It's just, like... Man. And all I'm thinking is I just want to snuggle their little faces. Oh, my. <laughs> so, something I've been curious about, so, obviously, I know this about you. Is it all equines? Like, mules, donkeys, mm, no, it's zebras? Like, it's, like... Like a like a big old horse, like a big a, old big horses, like like Melissa. What's Melissa's the, horse? The Melissa's <laughs> horse, like the Clydesdales, are probably the scariest ones because they're just a, Clydesdales. Like, are I mean, very we're talking about like what's the weight of your horse currently? I don't know. A roundabout thousand pounds. See, that's that's what I'm talking about here. That thing tips over, falls on me, dead, dead. I mean, okay. When have you known a horse? You to would just, have like, enough time over? to uh, move. <laughs> I saw the barnyard horses last week rolling around like dogs on the ground. They do. Terrifying. I, love it when they do that. I was going to text Melissa, adorable, and be like, "Is this normal?" 100%. But then she was off, so I was like, "I'm going to leave her alone." <laughs> well, Melissa calls them big puppies. Yeah, they're just giant puppies. Yeah, that can. Have you ever seen? Just go watch a video compilation of horses biting people. I'm, I'm telling this Why to the viewer, to or horses kicking. <laughs> Like, okay, but the likelihood of that will kick your face off is not very likely. I mean, right now our horse has an injured foot, so we have to clean and put medicine on it every day. And he is not happy about it, but you just make him do it. I will say the thought of getting kicked by a horse is quite frightening. Like every time I'm around horses, like I am very cautious, especially when like walking behind them, yeah. you know, like, trying not to walk behind them or giving them, you know, a wide berth and like not sneaking up on them, not spooking them, making sure they know I'm there. Because, yeah, the idea of getting, you know, some sweet chin music from a horse. <laughs> sounds I got that. Awful. Wrestling reference there. Yep. I loved it. Uh, yeah. And, yeah, Clydesdales especially are very intense. And, and, like, some of them are Okay, but those massive. are the least likely like to they get They look yeah. like yeah, they're yeah. flexing at you. Like, they're ready to go. Well, yeah, they're 4,000 like, pounds of muscle and fur like, or hair. I'm just saying. Not, no. They're fantastic. My husband's beautiful, grandfather raises Belgians. And I love it when the babies are born because we go see them I'm like sweating. the next day. 
and they're taller <laughs> than me. <laughs> I was fine until we started talking about horse, but I'm sweating, and not because well, it's hot in here. So funny. You can turn the heat down if no, you really no, need no, to. No, no, it's not that it's hot. It's my anxiety We're with talking horses. about horses. Sorry, friend. We'll get to yours. But well, yes. I just love them so, so much. It, it's not like, like mules or donkeys or zebras. No. What about like a zebra? No, because like when I encounter a zebra, it's like. You're not zebra. actually going to see in, one. In the wild. <laughs> so I was in the woods the other day and a zebra came up to me. Yeah, That's so. a, okay, question. Bunny trail. Could zebras be transplanted into like North America? Like. Could they could like zebras thrive and survive in like a North American climate? Yeah, there's a yeah. Uh, if you've ever been to the wilds. Nope, I don't know. It's what that in is. somewhere Columbus, like Zanesville. Zanesville, that's where it's at. Yeah. They have all kinds of animals. Is, with them. is that like a open yes. prairie kind of mm-hmm. place? Not like a zoo. Yeah, it's like a gotcha. They they rescue uh, endangered animals. Yeah. yeah, they're in gotcha, gotcha combination. But endangered animals and things there, they got like rhinos and things like that. So where where is it in the states where like the wild mustangs still go? Is that like Wyoming or there's uh there's those ones in Colorado Cal- or North Carolina, the ones on the Outer Banks. I know yeah. there's wild horses like in Washington too, um, near like the Columbia River and stuff like that. So like. Theoretically, I'm, I'm not saying anybody should do this, or that it's a good idea, but like... Never yeah, approach you, a wild horse. Right, right, But no, like like you Why brought not? brought over... <laughs> okay. Somebody brought over like a like a herd of zebras and... I mean, if loose, left alone and not killed by people, probably. Interesting. Uh, but you shouldn't note, do that. Don't bring Yeah, don't animals. do that. Don't not, do that. Not don't bring invasive it. species, please. Uh, side note, uh, first time I went to the beach with my wife... Um, you saw a horse? We were dating. We went to the Outer Banks with her parents. And they're like, oh, let's go on a horse tour. And I'm like, I'm going to pass. <laughs> and they're like, why? I'm like, oh, it's just it's not my thing. They're like, oh, but you love nature. And I'm like, can we please not go? Well, you just tell people you're allergic. To, like, no, that's when I had to tell my wife, like, hey, I can't do it. I'm a pretty normal guy. <laughs> but, <laughs> I'm terrified of horses. Just tell I, people you're, like, insanely allergic. I was at Salt Fork State Park one time, and... We were on a horse trail. I didn't know it was a horse trail and heard it coming. And like Willow was like one, my daughter, and she was on my back in a pack. And like, I just like collapsed to the ground. I was like, Rachel, like I just started shaking and it was just like, it was terrifying. So I'm sorry you have to deal with that. Man. Edison Wood stresses me out sometimes. Yeah. yeah. So I try to like, I only go off trail at Edison Woods as a oh. naturalist. So I don't have to accidentally encounter a horse. Yeah. Yeah. And then there's my two-year-old who will lead around horses. <laughs> Tell him what to do. Each his own. All right. We're going to move on from Mike's phobia now. So. <laughs> um, if, I, if I start to get mail uh, for, with horse pictures and things, I know it's you people. Who I do listening. enjoy changing your computer background to horse pictures. <laughs> uh, I only use my This one, I, I'm going to let someone else uh, try to pronounce because I don't want to butcher this one. So I'm going to pass to you. You Is have a good pronunciation. No. Is that the... That's one of my favorites. Which one's that one? Fear of the number 13. No. But it's the one right after equinophobia. Okay. Let's see here. <clears throat> Break out my Latin. Oh, yeah. Thalassophobia. Yep. I know that one. I have that. My, wife, my wife has that as well. Yep. Uh, fear sure. of deep water and yep. the ocean. And dark water. Like dark water. And, yeah. No thanks. Pass. I want to know what's in there. Next. <laughs> so Ethan is currently starting to sweat as we're speaking. <laughs> but th- this is one of those fears. But I get it. That like, uh, 
So, you know, like people like scary movies and, and stuff like that. This is one of those fears that Jaws. I, that like, Jaws did it. yeah, but like I, in, I enjoy, uh, like tantalizing that fear a little bit, you know, like, so there's, there's a subreddit, uh, of, uh, thalassophobia and it's just like pictures of like deep dark water or like an underwater picture of like a scuba diver swimming by like a prop of like a huge freighter or something like that, which is also called submechanophobia of like fear of big mechanical things underwater. <laughs> and like, it's just that thing of like, see, oh my God. he, I gave, I, I, I'm going to tell the, the listeners here. I gave everyone no clues whatsoever into what we were talking about today. And Ethan has all of these things <laughs> in his brain. That, that's, that's part of my job <laughs> is to know a tiny little bit about a lot of things. And it almost never comes in handy unless we are doing a podcast about it. <laughs> as soon as he heard phobia, like his brain just went and the file cabinets opened and then. Just I, well, I think the, the idea of, of human fears is very, very interesting to me because animal fears make sense because a lot of it is based on instinct. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Predator prey type deal. Yeah, exactly. But humans, the way our brains are, are very, very different from the rest of the animal kingdom. And so it's fascinating to me how like a human brain can fixate on a fear of something that poses no immediate threat to them. Which for you with the the deep water here, um, I you live in Ohio. I live in Ohio. <laughs> I mean, we have the shallowest lake. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but you, you don't go to the ocean a lot. Like Mm-mm. you don't encounter other than in pictures, you don't encounter deep, dark water. No, I mean, I've, I grew up around water, I grew up near the Illinois river, uh, used to go on family vacations to a mountain lake in Idaho, which was like crystal clear water. But you know, you get out deep enough and you, you can't see the bottom of the lake anymore. And like, that is very, very scary for me. One thing I always hated, or one thing that was always scary to me, uh, swimming at this lake is like jumping off the end of the dock, which is about 15 feet deep at the end of that dock. And then like going underwater and turning around and looking towards the shore, like under the dock and you know, like that big shadow cast from the dock. And it's just so creepy or like, or Ooh, looking I out creeped out listening. To yeah. That. Or like, or like looking out <laughs> towards, uh, like the center of the lake and how like it just disappears into this void of black. And in a, in a mountain, like there's literally no threat whatsoever. I mean, there's, there were like pike in the lake that could, I always thought were going to come up and bite, bite, your bite my off. toes off. Yeah. <laughs> um, but like the ocean specifically sharks, I, deep, I get deep ocean yeah. is terrifying. Cause that is an alien world that humans don't belong in. Like that is oh, genuinely so terrifying. Cool. Disagrees. I, I disagree as <laughs> I well. I just love Do that. You guys? Like your guys's fear are like my happy places. <laughs> like give me the ocean as deep as possible. Diving, looking underneath docks because that's where all the cool stuff is. Do you? Yeah, but the thought of being under that dock. Now, what are terrifying. your what are your yeah. thoughts about when you're in the water, either. things touching you? No, me, no. No. anyone in the, at this table. Love it. I don't mind things like touching my legs and swinging past like me no. or seaweed and stuff like that. No. Stuff does seaweed not is, gets me. So Cheryl like, and I will hang out on the beach, right? Creepy because nope. <laughs> you can't see anything, and then all of a sudden you're in this giant patch of seaweed and you can't get out. I hate that. Have you seen the trash compactor scene from Star Wars? No, thanks. No, Star Wars. I don't Wars. think I want to. <laughs> whoa, 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 whoa! Wait, 
That means they haven't seen it. 50% of this podcast has not seen Star Wars. I've seen it, but... Not enough to even know what the trash compactor scene is? I don't remember it. There was like a trash compactor monster. Basically, they're in like a giant garbage disposal thing. And so there's like space junk all around them. And they're also in like knee to ankle deep water. And there's like a a lizardy snake thingy that lives in there and like pulls them underwater and spoiler alert from 1976 <laughs> <laughs> at this point it's your fault. i don't remember that part because i've seen the old ones Me i haven't too. seen the okay you probably saw it 20 years ago when yeah you probably were two, right? yeah i don't watch movies so. Like, I think I think what's so scary about the water thing, like I said, is that it's an alien world. Like that, there are things in the water that that's where they live. They they well, are designed and built to live and breathe and move and thrive underwater, and we're not. Like, but I so want to be. I know, but <laughs> dude, like just exploring underwater is fascinating for me. Rivers and streams, yeah. I oh, think, I, are more yeah. like I like looking at those more because I like smaller things. But like oceans, fine too. I mean, I'm happy to let other people do it, and then I will just glean from them. <sighs> just there's some cool about the unknown. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> what other fears do we got? This one, I after I I pulled up an article about it afterwards, so we're going to get into a bunny trail here. Uh, a mathophobia, not a fear of math. <laughs> <laughs> Anybody have a guess? Ethan, you might, because you probably saw it when you were looking on it. Uh, I didn't actually. Oh. Um, a massophobia. Um, no, no, I don't know. It is the fear of dust. Oh. <laughs> don't come to my house. <laughs> Which sent me into a rabbit hole. Here we go. Here we go. Okay. Stack of papers. So I came across <laughs> an article tracing the chemistry of your household dust. Oh, no. Oh, yeah. It's all your nasty. Yeah. Not just your nasty. Not just your nasty. All the Uh, things Well, your house is probably the grossest. Oh, thanks. Uh, Well, I'm just saying. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just saying. I am in the middle of a construction zone. Well, I can can assure you your house is not as gross as mine. So, no, here's why. It's because (laughs) Melissa has all the animals and the things you're tracking um, on your shoes and on your... Like when Melissa, for example, when we walked into this building, we like dust is like we've opened that door and forced all the dust to move at some point. So it's falling on us. And then we're taking that and carrying it home or back to the office. Melissa, when she walks into the barn in the morning or wherever she's with the chickens or whatever, she's getting all that stuff on her boots on her. If she brushes up against something, that makes sense. it's not just our skin particles like you think it is, which is also gross because when you're thinking about, you go into like an old antique shop and it's all dust. You're like, oh my gosh, this is 85 years of people's skin. Gross. (laughs) Yeah, gross. I don't know if that's a phobia. That's just gross. Uh, But there's a lot of research that goes into um, analyzing household dust, uh, workplace dust and things like that. And a lot of, there is so much microplastic in the dust. Of course there is. Okay, and now you so just here goes me. here goes her anxiety. <laughs> a lot of microplastic in the dust, and then um, you know chemicals that can be harmful to humans can easily be traveled through dust. So Why is that not surprising? Uh, well, it's just you know it's just the nature of you know dust. I guess uh, it reminds me. There's a Doctor Who episode which nobody here has seen. Doctor Who. No, one I've of seen my, like two episodes. One of my favorite episodes of Doctor Who 
there are these uh, like tiny microscopic aliens or creatures or something called the Vashta Narada. And they're described as like the dust you see, like when the sun shines through your windows. But like if you enter into the light where the Vashta Narada are, they like strip all of the flesh off your bones. Oh my gosh. Terrifying. So you have to stay in the shadows. So, and then there's some additional (laughs) research that's going into, uh, you know, analyzing this dust and determining um, some potential cancer causing issues with it. So if you, if you, if I've told you anything today, if you learn anything, dust more often. I'm going to dust my But house. wouldn't that agitate? Would agitate, but it would also get rid of it. You could wear a mask, I guess. We're always wearing Maybe masks Maybe we should anyway. just always wear a mask everywhere forever. Right. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. surprise, surprise. <laughs> <laughs> Until we find out that whatever the masks are made of are also are going to cancer. Carcinogenic. Yeah. yeah. So it was pretty interesting. If you want to get a little more in depth here, um, you can look at this at your leisure. But a lot of chemistry in there. So your dad might like it. Probably. All right, um, next phobia. This we're not even to the funny ones yet. Um, barophobia, fear of bars. <laughs> Nailed it. <laughs> Which could be a real thing right now. Barophobia. How you, is it? B a r r a. B a r o. Phobia. So like like barophobia. Change in pressure. Nope. Ooh. You're, you're, oh, oh my that's, goodness! That's well good. done. You're super close. Fear of depths. We're getting closer. I would say fear of depth because the barometric pressure what keeps us on the ground. Gravity. 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 Fear of gravity. How Wait. do you escape that? Wait. How do you escape that? The only way I can see is if you're an astronaut is like, I'm just going to stay up here forever. Fear of gravity. gravity. Interesting. Yeah, I was kind of blown away that that was one. Does that mean like you're just scared you're going to fall all the time? I, I think it's more of like that it's just going to shut off. Like gravity's just going to disappear on you. Oh, yeah. I can understand so, that. Or not. Yeah. Not <laughs> being able to be in one place. Can yeah. you imagine just somebody flipping a switch and all of us going boom? <laughs> Crazy. I can fly. <laughs> and then the flip back. Like if it just flipped on and off, like irregularly. Whoever controls that button would be. I want that job. <laughs> so it's like that, that switch in your house that you don't know what it does. And you just like flip it every <laughs> once in a while. But somebody has one that controls gravity. Um, and then bacteriophobia. Clearly, we get this one, right? Fear of bacteria. Fear of bacteria. bacteria. I have sad news for those people. <laughs> you are full everywhere. of it. Literally everywhere. Well, <laughs> you're you're bac- full of it. Literally. Not all bacteria is bad. Not all. No, no. Your guts are a, ha, should have good bacteria. Mm-hmm. Should. There is yeah. bad bacteria you can have. But bacteria is one of those things that is essential. It make it the world go round. Yeah, for sure. All right. If, if there is uh, non- Earth life anywhere, the general consensus consensus is that it would possibly be a type of bacteria. Yeah, if we ever find life on other planets, very resilient, very adaptable. It's the benefit of being a single celled organism. Yeah. All right, so um, that's just the general phobias that usually relate to nature. <laughs> These next ones, I just kind of picked some of my favorites. Now, like I said, there are tons. There's also a fear of long words. That, yes, that, which is actually, it, it is a it long is like word. It is like the, probably top five, one of the longest words I've ever seen in my life, yeah. and I could not pronounce it, so I didn't even write it down. So if you want to look that one up, good luck. Take a shot at trying Fear to pronounce that. <laughs> yeah. It is like, it, it is just this, if you Google it real quick, you're going to be that's, blown that's away. That's got to be like a like a joke. It, I, it, yeah. 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 
So, all right, now these next ones are going to give you a giggle. And and I thought <laughs> I thought fear of chickens was kind of funny. Fear yeah, chickens was funny, and I you know you but guys, also you guys laugh at my expense for, uh, at horses, for horses. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I don't want you to be scared of horses. Yeah, no. I, I, my goal is to get over it. I used to be afraid of spiders. Got over that. Um, but I, uh, which and and then the the whole fear of spiders then turned into like, uh, like now I'm more curious about them. So mm. whatever. Genophobia. Fear of your genome. No. <laughs> fear of people named Gina. Geno. Genoyophobia. It's gen. It's genoyophobia. I apologize. No G e n i o phobia. Genophobia. A fear of like a change of your genes. Genealogy. No. no. <laughs> fear of your family history. Nope. Okay. What is it? I. It's a fear of chins. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm in trouble because I got two. <laughs> you have it. <laughs> That's why I hide mine behind a bed. <laughs> Terrified of it. I was like, I was like, am I reading this correctly? A fear of chins? Like, oh my gosh. you ever seen somebody with like who's just got like a sharp chin, like angles? I maybe I, I get it. It's like, oh man, if somebody headbutts me with that chin, I'm in trouble. Knock <laughs> you out, like Henry Cavill. <laughs> Dude, yeah, that one kind of. I'm glad you guys got a giggle out of it. Uh, this one, I don't think affects any of us but might affect a younger generation a lot. Mm-hmm. Nomophobia. Fear of being normal? No. no. That was a good guess, though. Nomophobia. Nomo. No no more. Mo. No <laughs> fear of fear no having more. no fears. <laughs> Nomophobia. I don't know. I give up. It's a fear of having no phone access. Oh, interesting. So they ain't no mo phone. I've been waiting on that one. Fear. You don't? Yeah, I would. Yeah. Really? Because you have children? You or guys just, could leave your phone at home and be totally fine. Cheryl does yeah. it all the time, first off. I <laughs> <laughs> do do it a lot. And, like, I've, Ethan, like, even though I think Ethan being as connected as he has to be all the time, like, it's like a, like a gift to Ethan when he's able to just be like. Yeah. My favorite part of vacations, like, when it's, like, an actual vacation, is just, like, turning my phone off and just leaving it alone for, like, a week. That's the best. Yeah. Like, I don't, I don't, the only reason that I might need it is because I use my phone for a lot of pictures of nature things. Right. Yeah, but how do you look up things when you have a question? I look it up later or I just move on with my day. Yeah. Interesting. Think, oh, if it's really, (laughs) if it's it's really important (laughs) to the impact of my life, then I will think of it later. I will get a thesaurus. (laughs) (laughs) No, but uh, my plan this weekend actually is to just ditch my phone. I'm going to shut it off. So don't try I'm going to text you like a thousand times. <laughs> Actually, well, I'm going to have to turn it on a little bit on Saturday because it is the big sit so for birds. So oh. so if anybody wants to get out and bird. We should do no phone sit. November. Well, Go we, all we, of November. We with physically no phone. cannot do that. <laughs> I'm going to do it. Sorry. If you want to get a hold of me, send me a letter. I mean, you can do it. <laughs> but like we use our phones for work. Well, so do yeah. I. All the time. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm, just, I I'm not, not, not going to anymore, though. I, so honestly, though, before you really started to get on me, though, about being always connected, I was real bad. And then recently I've been like, you know what? It's better this way. So To disconnect? Oh, yeah. 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 Like, you know, putting a, you know, your phone 
like turning it off after five o'clock or turning off notifications after a certain time. Yeah. I mean, obviously there are things that I dabble in in my personal life, fantasy football and things like that, that I can't completely cut off because I got money invested. But it's important to cut off from work. Yeah. Yeah. Not just, and I don't think we've ever really I think work in social luxury. media in general, like, because we are so like with the way we've had to adapt as naturalists, as programmers, you know, we've really kind of dove headfirst into this whole social media Thing. I think yeah. post COVID too, we're on our phones more for work. Yeah, because we're posting, we're cool. taking pictures, we're and, doing videos, and, and we're always, you know, if if I'm out in a park and Melissa needs me, or you're out in a park and Melissa needs mm-hmm. you, or vice versa, that's how we get a hold of each other, or we can respond to someone via Facebook, via Instagram, mm-hmm. you know, and we're out in the field and we don't have to be right behind our desk the whole time. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so yeah. No mophobia. No mophobia. <laughs> I can see that in a lot of, well, Melissa now and a younger population. Because if you've always had access to a phone, then, or always had it. I mean, I'm trying to, I can't, I, I have a hard time thinking about when I didn't have a phone, yeah. what I did. Mm-hmm. Like, I remember on a handful of times using a pay phone. <laughs> Me too. So. I remember we, you know, we all had landlines. Yeah. Internet, like dial up. So if somebody was on the phone. Do you remember call waiting? Needed, like the yeah. beep. Oh, yeah. And like, yeah. it was always my grandma, so we always had to answer it. <laughs> <laughs> my sister was a teen when that was a thing, so she was always hogging up the phone line, so. Yeah. Phobophobia. Yep. Fearphobias. Fearphobias. And Melissa has decided that that is just general anxiety. That's just anxiety. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> You're scared of everything. Uh. Hmm. It's already giggling. <laughs> <laughs> Pantherophobia. Fear of the number five? No. That's a good guess, though. That would make sense. Pen- it's panthera, not penta. Fear of five plots of land. <laughs> panthera. <laughs> Is it fear of your mother in law? Oh. <laughs> let's move on. Next. He goes, I, I removed myself from the conversation now. I'm kidding. I this love my one, mother-in-law. Guys, I giggled so hard. I, I don't know how you guys didn't hear me. But <laughs> we tend when, to just tune you out. Sometimes. I know. Well, yesterday when we just had the B problem, we had to go into the thing, and you're like, do you talk to yourself this much? I'm like, absolutely, I do. <laughs> so, <sighs> Equestrophilatophobia. Equestrophilia. See, equestrian, like that first part makes me think of horses again. Yeah. Yeah. Equestrophilia. Oh, he's going to lose it. Okay, just tell us. Rapid fire. It's the fear of horse farts. (laughs) (laughs) You're not laughing, and I'm upset. (laughs) I just. I'm trying to figure it out. (laughs) Are you scared they're going to blow you over? (laughs) (laughs) Or what comes after the fire? Yeah, right. (laughs) It always goes back to poop no matter what we do. I love it when my horse runs through his pasture and he's like all crazy and kicking and then he's farting up a storm. (laughs) Like like a running fart? Yep. It's the best. (laughs) Oh my gosh. (laughs) Those usually only happen to me when I'm running to the bathroom. <laughs> oh, fear too much information. I've never had a lot of uh, experience with horse farts. Are they potentially dangerous? <laughs> I don't think so. 
<laughs> I just don't. They are pretty funny, though. I mean, equestrophilatophobia is hands down my favorite phobia. <laughs> That's so funny. Or cheeks down. <laughs> <laughs> next uh, that Moving was on. it for that one. Oh. Uh. oh i did i have an interest we're going to end every uh segment with an interesting news article not always related but sometimes will be related to the topic um this one i kind of wanted to since we were a little bit more funny and lax in that one i knew it was going to be a little bit of a giggle fest there towards the end uh so in michigan they have discovered well they discovered this fungus uh 30 years ago and it's a honey uh, mushroom. So, and then they've kind of, and they did it in passing. It wasn't, they were doing some other research and they found out that this honey mushroom is 2,500 years old. And uh, it's also like this specific mushroom. Yes. So what happens is there's mycelia under the ground with this specific type of mushroom, which we have these in the Southwoods. So chances are it's a pretty big one. It's not 2,500 years old, but the mycelia like will sprout mushrooms and then the mushrooms at the top will die. And then the mycelia are still alive under the ground. And then they'll pop up every year or every rain event. So uh, some of the ones I actually have in the office that I plucked from the other day are honey mushrooms. And I'll show you the ones in the Southwoods if you want to see them. And there, it's probably a good size in there, actually, where all those dead, those trees had fallen down and everything. You'll have the to be much more specific. <laughs> Southwoods, <laughs> full of dead I, trees. Where the walkways are. I mean, it took gotcha. him how long to find that buried bottle? Listen. Yeah. I still <laughs> have not, guys still have not found the buried bottle. I think somebody, I think somebody moved it, actually, or like dug it up or something, because oh, really? I was just out there yesterday. It's and probably it just a piece. Anymore. But a anyway, 2,500 years old, weighs nearly... 882,000 pounds. That's estimated. What? That's estimated. And the, like I plucked three of them the other day and they wear, weigh like nothing ounces, if that. Um, but they're counting the mycelia underground. Yes. Gotcha. So that's how they, that's the, the alive part of it. So how, uh, maybe you're getting this, how big is it? Like square? 75 hectares, which is 140 football fields long. Isn't that more than the monarch population? Right now? Yep. Wow. The 140 football fields long. So so this is now a new record for the largest living organism. Well, there's that, there's that one in, there's a fungus in, is it, it's out, I don't know if it's Washington or Oregon that is, is a little bit bigger, I think. Oh, because I thought the largest living organism was that tree thing. Dang it. Great You're, information have, here, guys. I know. I, I have like I have like a fragment of a piece of a bit of useless information of some <laughs> like extremely large tree that like has has like a, like a central unit, but like it it like branches down into the ground. Like its branches sprout out, and then they grow down into the ground, and then they sprout roots. Oh, dang it! I don't know. I don't know. Sorry. So anyway, these honey mushrooms are pretty fascinating uh, because. They're able to do this and succeed extremely well because of their interrelationship with trees. So they're Ooh. attaching to the, the roots and things like that, and the mycelia are spreading very easily that way. Um, what scientists are finding is, is we talk about, in our field, in terms of naturalists, so three of us talk a lot about evolution in terms of like animal adaptations. The reason that this mushroom has been, what they're finding is the reason that this mushroom has been so successful is its ability to stay the same and not change wow. and be, you know, simple and, yeah. not, you know, evolve. For 2,500 years. 2,500 wow. years old. So, yeah. Our 140 football fields long is what, because like, like a hectare, if you're not in 
you know, in touch with, you know, metric system. I didn't even know, like, like oh, okay, Hector, that, that 75 is not that big because you think of yards. But then when you're like, 140 football, what? Yeah. <laughs> like, that's massive. Like, yeah. we're talking, like, Edison Woods. So, yeah, so they are basically. saying that, like, this individual <clears throat> network of of these mushrooms or whatever is 2,500 years old, not, like, this species. Because it isn't, like, the, well, there are the ginkgo tree or whatever has been, like, unchanged for thousands of years also. Yeah, but with mushrooms, it's a little, or fungus in general, they tend to stay a little bit simpler too. But up until the 60s, people didn't even know. They they considered mushrooms plants, technically. No oh, green pigment whatsoever. Yeah. So, I mean, all their digestion happens outside of the body instead of inside. Right. So, yeah. So, they're, uh, again, to clear up, not a naturalist, uh, mushrooms are not plants, but they are not animals. They are a... Separate, what would you call it? They're fungi. Thing. I know, but like, not a plant. Eukaryote. Okay. That doesn't do much for you. <laughs> You're like, this is <laughs> not, not helping. <laughs> uh, They're so, their totally own separate group? category. Yeah. Category. Yeah. yeah. Completely different. Yeah. yeah. So they consist of mold and yeast and things like that, too. Yeah. There's lots of them. Crazy. That's insane. So the mycelia, you could you could equate to like roots, but they're not actually that, roots. That's but like they're but not, but it's visually almost think of it that they way. They look that way. Yeah, yeah, the, yeah. That's the easiest way to like connect it. But yes, that's insane. You know, it kind of brings up that. Uh, have you heard of the? I think it's called like the ship paradox of say like a like a ship takes off from England on its way to North America or whatever, and along the way it's mast breaks so they have to replace the mast and then a little bit farther they need to replace the deck of the ship and then a little bit farther they need to replace parts of the hull and blah blah blah. they keep replacing parts of the ship until by the time it reaches its destination every single part on the ship has been replaced with something new the paradox question is is it the same ship that left you understand what i'm saying well if it but every single part has been it's not so here the mushrooms that pop up. <laughs> yeah. If you're trying to uh, correlate it to the same thing as the mushrooms, the mushrooms that pop up die every year. Uh, they start to break themselves down, basically start to consume themselves. And once that happens, then the mycelia is still alive under the ground. And then that's the top mushrooms aren't the ones making it. So, but no, I don't think it's the same ship. Where are you getting these parts? Here's the question, because I'm going to dig a little deeper here. Where are you getting the extra parts to build the ship? Uh, other ships brought them to you. I don't know. Okay. And then what are you doing with the old parts? Just dropping them off in the ocean? You throw them away. I don't know. That's, where are you going to throw them away at? I don't know. Well, throw sim- them in the ocean. That's not uh, Yeah, it's not a, good. A simpler, <laughs> a simpler paradox could be, so in the Smithsonian, I believe, um, there is a, a wood-splitting axe that supposedly belonged to Abraham Lincoln. Although the handle has been replaced twice and the cutting iron has been replaced at least once. So but it, it's but it, it's still called Abraham Lincoln's axe. Is it the same axe? No. Right? That's, Isn't that's that simple. funny? No. Isn't that weird? Huh. See that one's that one's the, Well then if you think about the ship, then no. The ship, it's not the same ship. It's a paradox, so there isn't like a actual that's a philosophical question that's that's why i used to get so angry in philosophy class in college i'm like there's no answer i for the i like answers for the ship part i would say yes it is the same ship because each part of the ship can be traced back 
to a relationship to its original parts and the crew is the same and blah, 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 blah. And the, the mission of the ship is the same with the axe with Abraham Lincoln's axe. I would say, no, it's not like if you still had only the, two pieces, if you just had it, the head. Yeah. So it was which, just which a head don't, and like, a new handle. Cause like axe handles, they wear out all the time. Right. Like, but why have they had to replace it? I mean, just normal okay, breakdown. Yeah, things break it's down. So people are old. using this axe? No, like they had. Like <laughs> it had originally belonged to Abraham Lincoln, and then it got you know passed to somebody else, and they had to replace okay. the handle, and then passed to somebody else, and they had to replace the head. And well, since you're talking about Abraham Lincoln, there was a picture that surfaced it's been going across the internet that was like supposedly Abraham Lincoln, and now they're finding out that it's not him. It's just some dude that looked like him. Like, do you know he was also like an Olympic, like not an Olympic, but he was like a really good wrestler. Really? That's how he used to like solve his problems. He would just like wrestle people. <laughs> <laughs> like I'm not kidding. Like you can He's look it up. That. He was like a. Like, That'd make for one heck of a presidential debate. Yeah. Like no, seriously. Wouldn't <laughs> We're going to wrestle it out. <laughs> let's wrestle it out. Could you imagine That's like funny. a president just looking at you right now? He's like, let's wrestle it out. If you got a problem? Let's That's what should happen. It <laughs> 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 would be terrible f- to watch now. <laughs> would it <laughs> I just have to edit this part out <laughs> All right, anyway done. but no that's super interesting about that fun guy yeah in Michigan it stretches up into Canada a little bit too whoa it's an international mushroom intercontinental no it's nope. not nope. nope nope definitely not nope. definitely not close <laughs> alright awesome well I think this was a fun episode I enjoyed talking about phobias and fears Wait. Oh, man, I didn't get to your guys' fears. Melissa's afraid of clowns. Cheryl's afraid of heights. And I'm afraid of vomiting. <laughs> <laughs>